Welcome to the Naked and Unashamed Life podcast. In this podcast, we aim to bridge the gap between sex, spirit, mind, emotions, body, and relationships. We explore the intersections of sex, gender, spirituality, body image, relationships, embodiment, trauma, living a sexually authentic life, and more. This podcast is for you if you are sexually curious, if you want to deconstruct your beliefs around sex and embrace your full sexual, erotic, and human potential, and you want to create a sex and love life that lights you up from the inside. I'm Lucy Rowett, certified sex coach and sexologist who is passionate and gives a fuck about helping women and people with vulvas let go of sexual shame and hang-ups and embrace pleasure to create the passionate relationships they've always desired. I'm a former good girl and teacher's pet, neurodivergent and eccentric. I grew up in the church, was fully immersed in purity culture and had years of chronic illness. I had to go through my own path of recovery, sexual healing and befriending my body. I believe that your sexuality is yours first that it's a sacred and essential part of you, and that the path to healing starts by befriending your body. This podcast is full of swear words with explicit references, so listen at your discretion or with your earbuds in. So I hope it delights your ears and stimulates your mind, and let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello. So this episode was recorded last year in 2022, and I recorded it as a voice note for the participants of 2022's round of the Shameless Woman Immersion. And I recorded it as a voice note on my phone, and I happened to record it right next to a really beautiful picture person picture postcard river in my husband's hometown in Germany. And so because of that, you're going to hear lots of birds and then a church bell ringing. So you may find listening to this quite scenic and relaxing, but maybe it just adds to the overall ambiance of the episode. So enjoy. What do you do when you know that you have responsive desire? whereby in order for you to feel really horny and aroused and ready for sex that you need your partner or someone to initiate because you know that's how you respond what do you do when you are either in a marriage or a relationship or a dynamic where you're both uh, feeling a bit frightened of each other where you're both not able to give each other the signals or where both of you have responsive desire and you but you feel like you're kind of stuck in this stalemate where well, in order for me to be really horny, I need you to initiate, but no, I need you to initiate, but no, I need you to initiate. Or, no, we're just so bloody fucking scared of each other and in a bad place that nobody's initiating anything, so nothing's happening. So, and then you may end up feeling, oh my God, well, I know I have responsive desire, but now I'm even more fucked because I need somebody to initiate that. So I'm going to debunk some of this and share some... uh, thoughts that I have and some advice slash suggestions that I have. So you may have known already that the difference, there is a difference between responsive and spontaneous desire. By the way, if you can hear the birds singing in the background, it's because I'm sitting by a river in North Germany. It's bloody picture postcard here. Absolutely delicious and gorgeous. So enjoy the bird song. (laughs) 
Um, anyway, so you know that there is that difference between responsive and spontaneous desire. You know that for you, definitely you are more of a person who needs responsive, who needs, who has responsive desire. So a few things I'm going to debunk first of all is that, yes, in general, there's this difference between the two. But this is just one model of how desire can work. There are other models, for example, the erotic blueprints by Jaya. Um, there is another sex and relationship coach called Janelle, can't remember her name, and she created the desire blueprints. So at first it's really helpful to know that there are different kinds of desire because remember that we have all been raised in a heteronormative patriarchal culture either with a big slap of purity culture thrown in or just generally a big patriarchal culture where the only things that we learn about sex are what we see on TV and it's very much focused on penises and male sex, sexual, sexual experiences. So it's great that we know that there's a difference and that you know, I hope that you know, that there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with the way that you experience desire. Although, of course, we're going to really deconstruct what desire is in the first place because... I bet a lot of my tea collection that you are already experiencing a lot of things that I would deem desire, arousal, horniness, pleasure, but you may not be associating that with them. Okay, so let's go back. So we know that there are different kinds of desire and we know that generally as women or people socialise as women, we experience or can experience desire, horniness, arousal in a way that's different to men and people socialise as men. Like the basic nub and gist of it is we don't tend to experience desire by, oh, I see a dick, therefore I want to go and fuck now. That's a very unscientific <laughs> and vague way of exploring and, exp and explaining it. So a few things to dive into. First of all, if we're just going to use the model of spontaneous versus responsive desire, well, research by Dr. Nicola Prowse in her, Liberos, her, her research institute called Liberos has found that, well, there's actually, when we think about spontaneous desire, it's actually also responsive because people who experience spontaneous desire, i.e. suddenly I'm walking along the street or in this case, I'm walking along the river and I'm hearing the bird songs and boing, I feel horny. Actually, for them, it is responsive because they are responding to internal biological processes. It could be hormones, it could be whatever. So let's actually think and reframe that a lot of desire, all desire, is responsive. Responsive to stuff that's internal or external or both or a big mismatch. Mismatch, mismatch, whatever. So now we know that. Something else to think about is if you know that you need somebody else to initiate your desire, you need somebody else to light that tinderbox, I would like to gently, gently slash very saucily reflect that back to you. Yes, it's absolutely wonderful when our sexy, gorgeous partner looks us in the eye and comes up to us and touches, in this, touches us in that way, like in erotica novels, I was going to say in Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> that in itself... Not, <laughs> I have issues with that book. But anyway, if we were to use the example of Christian Grey or some other really hot actor or actress and they come up to you and it's all like, oh, and they rot at tension and they touch you in just the right way and then they do the things and, oh, take me now. So that can happen. But that is also another way of outsourcing your sexuality and your eros. 
your eroticism. Now, again, it doesn't mean that we can't want that and fantasize that and have that. Let's have this attitude of erotic and sexual abundance. There are multiple ways in which you can be turned on and that you can turn yourself on. Because something to think about, you know that for you, that you are more responsive. You also need to think about what other things do you need in place for you to feel in a really simple way how are you turning yourself on and to take that into something really practical how much sexy stuff are you looking at are you reading how much um, erotica porn are you watching or reading how much are you talking about sex how much are you looking at things on a really practical level it could be I could say in the car if you're driving, obviously if you have children, not a great idea, probably better to do it alone. <laughs> but if you're driving alone, you can turn on some audio erotica. Like from the there are great apps called like Dipsy and Furley and Mjoy. You can be driving along the freeway or the M25 if you're in the UK and be listening to a filthy, smutty, saucy erotic story and feel really fucking horny. And then you are now in responsive desire mode. Or, and or, I'm saying or, there are many things you can do. You can take yourself to a strip show. You could learn burlesque and do burlesque. You could take up pole fitness or pole dancing. That's one of my personal goals when my back's a bit stronger. You could do Latin dancing like salsa, bachata, zouk. I highly recommend Latin dance because it's a really great way of merging your energy with somebody else. You can turn on some music and sexy dance. When I say that, that sounds... <laughs> I worry that I sound like a really fusty old grandma there. Sexy dance. You can buy yourself the most delicious lingerie. You can dress in a way that turns you on. What ways can you turn yourself on in everyday life? Things that remind you that, God, yeah, I am sexy. I am desirable. I'm alive. Can you do some Kegels while you are... I don't know, doing yoga. You could all you could like treat it as a game. The game of how much can I turn myself on and be as filthy or naughty or saucy or eros to remind myself that I am here, I am alive, my sexuality is something gorgeous, my pussy is delightful. Um so one I remember something I used to do when I was first playing with all of this and I was learning different tantric exercises. I remember um, I used to live in Eastbourne, um, which is in the UK, just along the coast from Brighton. And I remember walking along the, the seafront and I imagined walking from my pussy. I imagined that as I was walking, I was dressed normally like a normal person, although I've never really been that normal. And I imagined that I was pulling up all of this yummy sexual energy and I was walking from that space while walking along the seafront. It was a lot of fun and really pleasurable. I, when I was doing yoga or Pilates in my bedroom, while I was doing it, I'd do it nude or I'd imagine pulling up my sexual energy. Um, I was, I still watch a lot of porn <laughs> and reading erotica. And also because I had other sex coaches and sexologist friends, we were constantly sharing and sending each other smutty things and encouraging each other. These are all ways in which I had learned to turn myself on. I don't know if I've shared this already. I think for me, I'm probably more responsive desire myself. 
But the more I understand about my own sexuality and eros, it's responsive in that it depends on how tired I am because I have chronic fatigue and when I'm not well, surprise, surprise, I'm not horny. It depends on when I'm ovulating. It depends on if I'm feeling close with my husband or it just depends on if I'm watching something really sexy. So in my own, I guess, explorations, I know that these are the things I need to feel really aroused and turned on. And I know that I can be turned on by multiple things. And I treat life as a sexy game of, ooh, that looks sexy. That looks hot. Knowing that I'm completely in choice. So what would that be like? How would that affect your desire? And I should probably do another little voice note slash podcast on what is desire anyway? How do we feel desire? Because remember that for a lot of us, we are conditioned to think that desire, i.e. sexual desire, means the desire to have sex. Hmm. Well, if the sex that you've been having, and I'm presuming that could mean penis and vagina, if that sex you've been having has been problematic and full of emotional shit and all of the things, surprise, surprise, you're not going to feel much desire for that. But I bet you are feeling... In a scientific term, (laughs) that feeling of, I look at something, I feel something, I feel juicy, I feel sexy, I feel pleasure. I don't really want to have penetrative sex. I just feel, I feel aroused. I feel turned on. I feel yummy. Darling, what if that is desire? So if we were take to deconstruct the concept of desire... You may just feel this yummy, sexual, sensual energy. That's desire. But it doesn't mean that you necessarily want to have sex. You may or you may not. So what if you could follow those breadcrumbs? What are all those ways you could turn yourself on? Um, I have a PDF which is back at the house. It's on my laptop. And it's all these ways that you can turn yourself on when you have no time, energy or fucks to give. And again, they're all prompts of ways that you can play games with yourself to feel sexy. And the great thing about it, it feels very transgressive. Because often these are things that we do fully clothed while we are carrying on with the rest of our lives. And you can walk down the street or if you have kids, pick them up from school with that twinkle in your eye thinking if only the other mums knew what I was doing half an hour ago. It's a lot of fun. But these are all ways in which you can stoke your desire. So one last thought as I am standing here in a very picturesque place (laughs) is deconstructing desire, pulling apart what desire is. We tend to associate the term desire with sex, like sexual desire. But if we were to strip it back, desire means desire for anything. For me, I have a lot of desire for dresses that I see. I have desire for tea that I see. I have this longing when I see somewhere beautiful. I, when I'm watching, there are so many times I've watched TV or movies or whatever, and there's been a curve of someone's back or the way they turn their head that's just made me go, now that feeling i hope you're enjoying my my sound effects here that feeling doesn't mean that 
I look at this person and I therefore want to go and have sex with them. I just feel, uh, oh, oh, they're nice. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is not, these are not the sounds I make when I'm having sex, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> There's a, that's another podcast. But those are little or big snippets of desire. I can watch TV or watch porn or see something in someone and be like, oh, oh yeah, yummy, like that. And that's it. I just enjoy that feeling. What if you could collect all those yummy feelings? What if you could indulge your inner voyeur, your inner perv, your inner watcher? And we can do this with consent and also knowing that we can just enjoy the look of someone or the smell of someone or something or imagining something just for what it is without needing to take it anywhere. Just simmer and savour in it. I'm sharing a lot personally here, but for me, one of my biggest turn-ons is smell. There is a certain scent. There are certain smells. I mean, I, for me, I am cisgendered and pretty much heterosexual. So there are certain scents from men in the past where I have smelt them and it's been like, <gasps> take me now. Where I've just smelt it and something has stirred within me where I've just felt this. <clears throat> I haven't actually wanted to, when I've, when I've felt this <clears throat> in my loins, God, <laughs> I really hope you're smiling and laughing at this. When I felt that, I haven't then decided I want to go and have sex with him now. I've just enjoyed that feeling of, mm. I've taken it back when I've been in bed. Maybe I've been fantasizing. Maybe I've dreamed, I've played with it. What if that was another way of you turning yourself on, knowing that in general, you are responsive? I think, as a few final thoughts, I think it's, I'm really glad that we found these definitions of desire, especially responsive versus spontaneous. But then it can leave people a little bit in the lurch if you know that you experience responsive desire and you're having issues with your partner or you are with a partner who also has responsive desire. Something to remember is that as humans, all humans have desire. Desire for different things and we experience desire in a different way and in multiple, infinite different ways. What if you could open up to that? And even if you're with a partner who also has responsive desire, they probably have different cues to you. Cues is in C-U-E-S. They have different prompts to you. They have different things. Maybe for you, when you see your partner undressing or getting dressed, for you, it's a, mm-hmm, yes, please. And for them, it's if they're seeing you, if they're seeing you getting undressed, it's, yeah. But maybe for them, what really gets them going about you is seeing you do something that you're really good at. Or it could be the way that you laugh or the way that you smile. Or it could be something else that for them is just like, mm-hmm, yes, please, yeah. I'm in Germany. What if you could embrace all of that? What if you could just let them be the way they are? I keep saying it's a final thought. This really is the final thought because this is on 17 minutes now. There is a quote meme I have seen. It's by Esther Perel. And it's, I'm going to bloody paraphrase this because I 
cannot quote it. And it's something along the lines of accomplished lovers or experienced lovers, people who are good at, not good at sex, people who are accomplished lovers. They know that foreplay starts at the beginning, starts at the beginning of your last orgasm. They know that foreplay is something that is an ongoing thing that you do in your life rather than we are standing here as straight, strict humans. Okay, we must now move into the sex. I hope you enjoy my German. <laughs> and the, Oh, now the church bells are tolling. Seriously, this is very picturesque here. So what if your life was about sauciness, sexiness, teasing, foreplay? What if that could be your life? Hmm. Where with your partner, there is a flirtatiousness a teasing, knowing that it doesn't have to go anywhere. You can just enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it. And if it feels transgressive, ever the better. What if these are all ways of putting stuff into your desire bank, into your wank bank? So knowing that when you want to do the deed with your partner, the sexy deed, getting down with it, when you want to make love to do all of the sexy things with your partner, that you're already semi in that space where it feels more just part of your life rather than oh fuck okay we have to do the sex thing now okay so I have to do this and this and this enjoy to your desire thanks for listening to today's episode can you do me a huge favor I would be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on iTunes on Spotify and any other platform I post this podcast to. It helps more people listen to it and it helps spread the word. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the other episodes, I would be so grateful if you shared it with someone who you think would really enjoy it and benefit from it. Want to stay in touch on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Lucy Lou Rowett, on TikTok at Lucy Rowett, and on Facebook and LinkedIn and probably other social media platforms too. And finally, don't forget to join my mailing list. If you sign up, you get a free PDF on how to confidently communicate in bed to avoid awkwardness and have what you really, really want. So it's in the link in my show notes. It's in the link in my bio and my Instagram. It's on my website. It's in loads of places. So do sign up because not only do you get me direct into your inbox, but because I talk about sex, I never know if I'm going to be banned from any social media platform. So let's stay in touch. And if you want to explore working together, you can contact me through my website or through the link in my show notes. Until then, here's to living a shameless, shame-free life full of pleasure on your own terms, in your body. Until next time. Bye.